Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We are online for you at WRQK.com, and in about five minutes, we're going to get you hooked up with $1,000 with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. The countdown's on. Yeah. But before we do that, I can't wait to talk to you, Matthew Fantone, yeah. who I'm afraid maybe of went. I do. I'm surprised you're not in shades. I'm surprised you don't have the shades on. I figured you'd have the. I figured you'd have the sunglasses on because Matthew Fantone went Hollywood yesterday. Film and TV commercials. You did. Yes, indeed. The Roholt Vision Institute were uh, kind Dang. enough and uh, believed enough in the Fantone brand to sign on and do a television commercial. And they with maybe me. not see. Yeah. Is, 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 is that, that the issue? Is, is that what's going is on? Is that here? maybe what happened? Um, no, but yesterday they. Uh, well, they talked to me about this probably two months ago and I was like of course you know I'd, I would love to do it just got to get some things cleared up with the radio station and make sure there's no conflict of interest boss man let you do it boss huh? man let me do it he Surprised was like you them. know I, I was a little surprised too I thought there was going to be a little bit more issue there's always politics in that stuff mm-hmm. you it's, know? A, it's a little bit of of well you know you're our employee and we're the we one, own you we make money off of you we don't want to put you on film because they'll <laughs> see the iHeart barcode <laughs> and um, but no dude the boss man signed off on it the company signed off on it. They were happy to uh, oh, to, to lend my services to the Roald Vision Institute. And dude, it was honestly like uh, yesterday morning, I won't lie, I was nervous. I was like, oh my god, yeah, of dude, course. I'm going to mess this up. I'm yeah. going to be terrible. Yeah, um, that's what I would have had my money on. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, as, as I kind of like came up here yesterday <laughs> afternoon, I'm just like, oh my so god. So they filmed in here. Suck. Um, they did uh, a scene in here, and then they did a couple of scenes over at the Roald Vision Institute located, oh, for you. located conveniently in North Canton there for you. Um, and uh, if, you want, if, if you want to learn more about it, you know, LASIK options, their financing options, you know, what the Roholt Vision Institute can do for you, RoholtVision.com. You can go over there right now. Man, smooth. Little, smooth. I don't, I don't Nobody know what you're doing. Nobody um, saw it coming. But so, you know, it, it really was, I don't know what I was expecting in the sense of like, I didn't know if there was going to be like a best boy and a grip and like a makeup lady and if I was going to have a dressing room. And it was Here's what I want to know. Was it catered? It was not. No craft services, dude. Damn. It was. It was. How a, was your trailer? Was that? I mean, did you have direct TV? How was, was that? Was it good? It was a camera dude with a tripod and a, a you know, not a huge like camera, but, you know, a okay. real camera. And then like the uh, essentially like the, the the expediter of all of it, kind of the director. He's kind of the person who's like the, the Did the, he have the, the plastic man. megaphone? And it was. No, he did not. He did not have a director's chair there was no like and scene like there was nothing okay. you know uh, like that um, we have no idea how tv works none whatsoever <laughs> like just going with you know with we're, we're not all that sure about radio to the be honest most stereotypical things we could think of um but it really was like quick and easy and a big part of it and he said to me is he's like dude the thing is is you're at least somewhat used to Performing right to selling things right. and trying to like have that, and he's like, Listen most people, most people when they do an endorsement like this, when they do a hey, it's Freak me out. for, they've never done something like right. this before. They've never, you know, they've never had a camera on them. They've never had a microphone on them, and people, yeah, cl- selling out's hard. People clam up. People like, you know, it's just like this job where everyone says, oh, I could be on the radio. I could do that. They do. I could do that for sure. And then you put a mic in front of them. People say to me all the time, "What's the hardest part of your job?" And I always say, when people say to me, "Your job's so easy. All you do is." Don't talk. So who, who couldn't do your job? And the hardest part of my job is is not saying to you, "Well, you couldn't do it." <laughs> like that's the hardest part. It's 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 definitely one of those things that obviously I feel like 
Radio isn't the same as TV, isn't the same as stand-up, isn't the same as a lot of different no, entertainment No, they're all forms. their own animal, yeah. But once you get one, you can kind of start to hey, apply it, different logic. They you can know. lend themselves to one another. Right, yeah. right. And that's why you see guys who do podcasts that'll also do stand-up, that'll also try to be in TV, and it's like, because they're all kind of in the same vein. Well, yeah, they're all desperate for the right. attention. Right, just yeah. give me money, please. Please just pay attention. Just give me money. Please Somebody has to pay my bills this month. Um, but it, was, it, was, it started at 2.30. And they had me scheduled until five. They were like, well, it's probably going to take us two and a half hours. <coughs> probably an hour and a half later, it was. I was on my way home before four o'clock. Really? Yeah. They were like, dude, it just everything's gone well. They're like, you know, it, there's no problems. They're like, you haven't messed up anything. I only had to like do the takes probably like three, four, five times. And they're like, all right, you're good. We'll move on. So did the girlfriend fan you and then like feed you <laughs> grapes and all that stuff when you get home? Because here's the thing. For those of you, dude, his girlfriend like honestly worships at the altar of Phantom. <laughs> she legitimately does think he's like the most handsome dude ever. It's crazy. Now, you're not a bad looking guy, but your girlfriend overestimates your value. And, and, <laughs> for sure. And she bought me like, you know, she, she shopped with me for a new outfit the night before. And so yesterday. So handsome. And so yesterday, like I was like, all right, I'm just going to stay in this outfit and I'm going to have my my hair done and when she comes home I'll She's look like rip I did. It off me. Oh and she was like, Oh my God <laughs> dude, it was it was over the top, dude. Over the top. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, man. it was good for just me. Positive, I just positive <laughs> I uh, just Pretty positive vibes right all there. over your life. Uh, so once again, thank you so much to the Roholt Vision Institute. Um honestly I, I am thrilled with the results of my LASIK surgery. And like I said, if you want to find out more details, Roholtvision.com. Oh well that's awesome man. I'm very happy for you. That's good for you. It's good for us. It's good for yeah, the radio station. It's good yeah. for Roholt. That's yeah. a, you know, dude every Everybody wins there. That's all positive. I absolutely love it. We are going to give you $1,000. Oh, I did have a little bit of an afternoon yesterday you myself. You got something? Yeah, I had uh-huh. a little bit of an afternoon yesterday <laughs> myself. All right. Everybody, dude, I play golf a lot, right? Wow. I saw something on a golf course yesterday that I had never seen ever before, and it almost made me physically ill. <laughs> okay. And one of the 20 million was responsible for it. I can't wait. Yeah, we're going to give you that can't after wait. we give you this $1,000 right now. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. If you missed it, Fantona filmed himself a TV commercial yesterday he did for the Roholt Vision Center. And you know what? I did a poor job of finding out the information because I didn't ask you the one question, I'm sure, uh, which was on everybody's mind, which was when will we start seeing it? Do you know that? Well, you can see it crystal clearly if you go visit the Roholt Vision Institute. Ding! Walked him right to the door. Some of that one. I never saw it coming. Nice job, buddy. Ding! Um, yeah, but they do not know. They don't have a start date. Okay. It'll be soon, though. So as soon as I find out, obviously, I will let everyone know. I'm sure I will. Uh, Did they give you any kind of idea where the outlets of like when it might be running and like who they're going to be uh, advertising it with? You will see the Roholt commercials pretty frequently if you watch uh, Sports Time Ohio Indians games, um, Fox Sports Ohio, so Cavs games. Um, oh, how and, happy are you? I've seen I've seen Roholt commercials run on all three of the big news stations. CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC. Wow. So, well, but I mean, when you're looking for, you know, a, a specific clientele, you know what I mean? Right. When you're trying to, you know, that's, that's who no, they want. No, it's smart. That. That's, I mean, I'm saying that, wow, that's smart. Covers a lot of bases there when you got sports oh. and news and, and the Stansberry Show associated. Yeah. A lot of people there. Yeah, rollvision.com. Go check it out. Yeah, man, they're pretty smart over there. <laughs> they are, dude. Just raining it in today. Like, yes, fans <laughs> out, Stansberry, keep talking about us. I had a pretty interesting uh, afternoon yesterday too. I can't wait to hear about it. So, one of uh, one of my buddies, yeah. listener of the program, Dustin, yeah, hit me up. He was like, "Hey man, me and my buddy Tyler are gonna go play around like four fifteen. You want to meet us?" 
So, all right, yeah, absolutely. It's nine holes of golf for sure. Yeah. Talking See, about what, an hour and a half? Yeah, Sounds whatever, let's do it. To do. Yeah, of nothing course. else to do. Let's do it, right? So we all meet at Metalik. Okay. And we play or whatever, and we get to like, and we're all playing all right. Everybody's playing like okay. Now you've played with Dustin before. Mm-hmm. This is you know yeah. uh, you, regularly. It, yeah. yeah, it's not like it's not like just some dude hit you up and was like, no. hey, and you're out there with strangers. You know, no, this like guy. I, yeah, I know Dustin. He's okay. a good dude, and, uh, and yeah, we play a lot together actually. Okay. And so we brought his buddy Tyler out, who I've played with once before, and he's you know good dude. They work together, right? right? So they get off work and they're like, hey, just meet us at Meadowlake and we'll play. And beautiful weather yesterday. Oh, dude. I mean, be. yeah, it's perfect, perfect for golf. And I would assume that it was probably crawling with people, right? Had to be super busy. No, actually, it, you know, it, it really wasn't. It seemed like we were getting there as like guys who were playing a little earlier were getting done and okay. like way before like like the later afternoon crowd was getting there. Okay. So, we, you know, we had a perfect window. And so everybody's playing all right. And I can't believe what I saw because I saw, like I play a ton of golf and I saw something on a golf course yesterday that I've never seen ever in my life. Okay. And it ended up not being what I originally thought I had seen, which was something else I had never seen. Okay. It's a very weird story. <laughs> All right. Tell us what happened. All right. And I've got, I've, I've got photo proof of it. And you'll be able to see it at my Twitter feed and Instagram, which are both at Sansbury Show. All right. So we get, I, I believe it was the eighth hole, if I'm correct. And Dustin's teeing off first. So he takes his driver out, and he hits a ball, and he hits it pretty good. Just a little right. Okay. I mean, but he hit it solid, and he was hitting it a long way. He just hit it, 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 but he hit it right into the tree. Okay. And I've seen balls hitting into the trees a million times. I've done it a million times. More, honestly, more times than I care to count. But and you'll see like leaves fall or whatever. Right. He hit this ball into the tree and like a huge chunk. It looked like a foot long fell out of the tree. And I was like, man, you took a huge piece of bark out of that tree. I've never seen anything like that. And then we're still, so we were still kind of like staring at the tree from the tee box, like in amazement of like the size of like what fell out of this tree from a golf ball hitting it. And then we look and there's like smoke in the air. Like dust was like, and I was like, all right, maybe there's flowers in the tree or whatever. And you, but but I was like, yeah, maybe they, maybe a little bit of pollen. I was like, man, I've never seen anybody make a tree smoke by hitting a golf ball into it. I was like, that's, I was like, way to go, Dustin. That's impressive, buddy. Like, I've, that I've never seen. It's usually smoking trees, then hitting golf balls. This time it's hitting golf balls, smoking trees right there. There you go. There it is. There you go. So we get in the carts, and we're all very excited to get up there to see what the hell he knocked out of this tree. And we pull up. And as soon as I turned to the right and I realized what had happened, there was a little bit of me that like had to like choke back a little bit of vomit that was in my mouth. Okay. What on earth happened? I looked to my right. And again, I have photo proof. I looked to my right. And all I see are feathers and a bird without its head. Like, oh my god. So like after like I almost get sick and like dump my purse out all over <laughs> all over the eighth fairway, I just start cheering. I was like, oh my god. And now look, here's the thing. Like it's obviously I know people are gonna be like, oh my god, a bird died, and you're totally celebrating it. But like there was a moment where I was like, yes, obviously I would rather have not had one of God's creatures get killed, but I was there to have witnessed it, and I realized in that moment 
what I would I saw smoke, I would imagine, was brain <laughs> floating through the air via Titleist. I, Dude, I have seen a million things on the golf course. Never have seen that. And again, I, uh, if, if you're if you're on Insta, if you're on Instagram, go to at Sansbury Show, and I have like uh, you, they allow you to put more than one photo up. And so I have three of them in there. And if you scroll to the you know over the middle photo, is a close up of bird, no head. Jeez, it's crazy. Also on Twitter, I just uh, I just sent that out. It was honestly, it was one of the most disturbing things I have ever seen. I've seen I've seen a million. I've seen guys flip golf carts backwards, snap clubs, throw things. I've seen guys throw entire bags into the pond after hitting the ball's bad. <laughs> I've never seen a buddy decapitate. A living thing by hitting a golf ball. And dude, he Randy Johnson, a bird. That's what I was gonna say. Is that obviously you know this 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 reminds me of when Randy Johnson just devastated that bird. And when you consider the millions of pitches and the millions of golf shots, I mean hundreds of millions, if not billions of, of golf shots have happened. I just can't believe you haven't seen that before. Never I, seen it. I mean, like inevitably, eventually. All golfers hit a hole in one, right? You keep swinging it enough, and just it, you, the blind squirrel finds the nuts, and the thing just lands in there eventually, right? Isn't that kind of the theory? Let me see this. Look at that. Jeez. <laughs> exactly, dude. I mean, feathers off everything, everywhere. Dude. I mean, dude. everywhere. Wow. Like, I wish, honestly, like, I know I'm telling you the story, and I know I got photos of it, but I wish I could take the whole class on a trip <laughs> back in time and watch you and let you realize, like, dude, it smoked. And that's like, yeah, it was like bird brain literally floating in the air. Jeez. Jeez. I'm surprised this doesn't happen more often. I would just think that enough golf shots go up eventually, you know. I guess maybe it has. I guess maybe dudes well, are killing birds on the regular, but I've never heard of if it. If anybody would have heard of it, it's you, dude. You're out there I more, live at golf you're courses. You're out there more than President Trump, dude. <laughs> yes, if anybody would know about that, it would be you. Man. I have played more rounds than him this Man. year. Man, a dead bird was a... Uh, Could not believe it. I mean, what was like... Greatest what, thing I've ever seen. What was the aftermath? Was it just like, all right, well, I guess we're moving on. He made par! <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it! It was unreal, man. It was unreal. Another chance for you to get hooked up with $1,000 happens at 710 on Rock 106.9 and more Sansbury Show headed your way next. Hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Also, getting you hooked up with a $1,000, $710 this morning with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. Your next keyword happens at $710. You know, I was telling the story about my buddy Dustin killing a bird with a tee shot yesterday. <laughs> he just tweeted at me. He's like, you know, man, full disclosure, I feel bad about that, man. That bird never did anything to me. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that's what you have to say, but dude, it's hilarious. Like, I mean, I can't believe that story. If you haven't seen the photos yet, uh, if you follow me on Twitter at Sansbury Show, that's also the Instagram handle, or uh, honestly at the show's Facebook page, which I, I put all three of them up there. And honestly, you really should see all three. It, it it really is amazing because in the one picture, like half of the bird looks like chicken you would buy at the grocery store because he hit the thing so hard, all the feathers got knocked off, dude. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like I, I, that's why my phone died, and so I screamed across the fairway. I was like, "Tyler!" I was like, "Come here and get photos of this." I was like, "Cause when I tell this story tomorrow, nobody's gonna believe me." 
I need the photo evidence. So we have it. You know what else happened yesterday? I don't know what else happened uh, yesterday. Dude, like a like a huge loss for for a sports organization, I would imagine. I don't know much about the sport. I'll casually watch NASCAR, and I'm a little bit of a Kevin Harvick fan. Like I'll watch NASCAR the way I watch a lot of sports. Like, ah, eh, let me watch like 25 laps of this, then a little bit of whatever's on TBS. Ah, eh, let me watch 40 laps and then back to TBS. You know, what I mean, it's just kind of how I watch. I'm not a huge fan or anything, but one of the uh, one of the staples. In a, a, like a huge franchise for their brand, NASCAR's brand, is walking away from it. That being Dale Jr. We have a little audio here. Let's take a listen to that. We're here today to confirm uh, the news you received this morning that I've decided to make this season my last as a NASCAR Cup driver. Mm. The response just in the last six hours from teammates, uh, colleagues, and friends, and fans has been incredibly overwhelming. So before I go any further, I just want to thank everybody for making me feel pretty incredible today. The opportunity to stand here at this podium to announce my choice rather than some fate that was decided for me. In that regard, the race car wasn't my goal. It was merely the vehicle that got me here today. I am eager to explore new opportunities. I don't see myself really detaching from NASCAR. My, my intention is still to be involved in the sport on some level. In fact, uh, I still have two Xfinity races to run for Junior Motorsports in 2018, so even after this season is over, you've not seen the last of me on the racetrack. But more than that, I want to be a part of the future of this sport for many, many years to come. Thank you very much. You can see that whole video in the Stansbury Show section of WRQK.com. Like I said, my knowledge of NASCAR is very limited. Okay. Okay. Mine even more so than yours. But I will watch it. And I've always defended NASCAR when people make fun of it. And, I, and I've always said, you know, these guys are doing close to 200 miles per hour, six inches apart for hours at a time, and you guys can't make it down 77 without smashing into one another. So whether or not you think there's something to it, there is artistry to NASCAR racing. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a talent. It's, yes, I mean, I, I mean, right, you couldn't just pluck somebody out of the, no. out of the stands and be like, here you go. There's a reason why they're professionals and it's on television. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes, it doesn't mean obviously. you have to like it, but there, is, but there is something, there is real skill and talent that goes into that. Yeah, 100%. I agree. You know what I mean? And so I've always defended NASCAR like that. And I, from what I understand, they're very good to their fans. Like, you can bring your own food and drinks and even beer into the, in, into the venues because they know. It's like, it's all about you. And, so, and I've always heard very positive things about the drivers. They'll take time and sign everything. And, uh, well, they all race on Sunday. And uh, a little shot at the NBA there. And, but, you know, I've heard very good things about that. And obviously, I mean, they don't need my approval. It seems no. it seems like they're doing pretty well without me. So it's 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 obviously a um a big enough world into its own there where it kind of can sustain itself. Um, was Dale Junior better than Dale Senior? No. I mean, no, okay, no, not no, even no, close. No, 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 no. I, from, even from what I understand, like people when okay. I po- when I posted this yesterday, people were you know uh, were saying to me, all he ever did was ride on his dad's coattails. Like that's all. Really? You know, and so, um, yeah, but I, I don't know if those are just Dale Jr. haters. And again, I don't know enough of the history of him to, to know whether or not they're, they're being truthful or if, because he is one of those guys, he's kind of easy because of how popular he is. 
he's easy to hit for you know some people to hate on him. I guess I just feel like, dude. You know, sorry, my dad was one of the best. <laughs> like, what, what, am, what am I? What am I supposed right. to do What's about he supposed that? To do about right. that? Like, I was born to who I was born. You know, but to. Jared's saying, you know, whether you're a fan of his or not, the guy's the face of NASCAR. And uh, for me, again, because I watch it a little bit more than a casual person would, I know Jimmy Johnson's like the guy in the sport. But let's be honest. To most laymen's, Dale Jr. is the face of NASCAR. In the, the, you know, obviously, I am as I am as out on NASCAR I think as you can be. But like, it, it, he is the name I know. But I think the only reason I know him is because, because of the dad. Is because of the dad, the the death of the dad, and like the joke of the dad, like the you know the stereotype. Earnhardt, like, man. Earnhardt, number three. My, like that's just kind of how I know it. I actually saw not that long ago. And I had a picture of it, but I didn't post it because you're not allowed to do that kind of stuff anymore. Of a, I think I saw a truck downtown, Canton, and the license plate said Earnhardt. <laughs> I swear to God, that's a true story. I'll look in th- through my photo album and see if I have it. Maybe I'll post that. But I, I don't, I don't know what the rules on that are. Um, but yeah, like I saw that, and I was like, oh my God, Earnhardt. Dude, you got to represent, man. I mean, <laughs> so this is going to be. I mean, this is going to be a little bit of a loss. I mean, dude, the guy was voted for the fourteenth time in his career the most popular driver. I, that was in that was last year named NASCAR's most popular driver for the fourteenth consecutive season, despite missing half the year due to concussion like symptoms. Um, I, I'm a little confused about the timing of NASCAR and kind of like how. It wasn't it just like their biggest race just happened at the, at the beginning of the season. It's one of yeah. Again, I, I don't, don't get it. I, so yeah, they kick off the first race of the year is Daytona. I, I think right. I hope I have my facts right about that because you know the guys that, that like this will be like you two city yokels don't get it. You know what I mean? And I like you know I just. I don't know. The passion is real. So, yes, we sound like idiots right now. We totally do. We totally do. And I'm acknowledging that. I don't watch it. Dude, I've tried to. I've, I, at points in my life, especially when I lived up in Michigan. Because you have, like sports. They, they, they've got the Michigan International Speedway That's up there. That's a huge race. And I, like, did stuff with them. And I was like, dude, you know what? If you're going to be, like, you know, saying, like, hey, come out to this, you need to know this. And I tried to watch it. And I tried to get into it. And I tried to understand it. And much like hockey, like... I, I understand, like, yes, it's impressive. Yes, there's a talent to it. Yes, there's skill involved. Care. But I just can't get into it. Like, I just can't do it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, so you've been and still don't get it? Um, I, I, I see why it's like a, a thing. Like, I understand why you'd want to go. Like, I can, but that's like, that's like going to a Jimmy Buffett concert to me where it's like, okay, I get why you want to go, but it's, I'm never going to get it. I'm All never right. going to be a part of, like, we that. took busloads of listeners to the race in Michigan, but I didn't get to go to the race. Like I was very early on in my career, so like I didn't get to go in. Like the rest, like I, I was still, I think I was still an intern, and so like all the like the, the on air personalities got to go in. I had to like sit, but like dude, the the like the tailgating and like the it, like before those things, that was one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Now at the end of the day, if you open up a case of beers in a parking lot, I'm gonna be like, yeah, dude, it was a pretty good time, man. You know what? I'm actually having a lot of fun. Thanks for a hot. Dog. I saw so many raised white tank tops of chicks on dude's shoulders. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it is about horsepower that makes boobies fall out, but they seem to love it. I like I, I get the party. I understand why you'd want to be a part of it. I do, but it's you know it's 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 not necessarily for the tall guy. My guess, I I think if I if I'm right about this, Dale Jr. Um, is part owner of a race team, so I'm sure he'll continue to do that. But I got to imagine if you're NASCAR, you want to put the guy on TV, right? Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. what's his name's been saying? Boogity, boogity, boogity for like the. I mean, dude, eventually those guys get a little too old. Like Dale's got. I mean, well, he's got the face and the name and everything else. And I mean, I guess how old do NASCAR drivers usually go into life? Because like, obviously, it's not 
And I'm not trying to say, well, I mean, whether it is or is not a sport, but like, it's not necessarily something that your body is going to take away from you, right? I mean, you can you can race probably far into life. If, if you can... I'm pretty sure uh, Michael Waltrip's still racing. If there's a seniors PGA tour, I would assume there's probably some sort of a, you know, a grandpa, you know, grandpa driver's tour or something like that. Comes with hazard life. <laughs> should. I mean, there, there should be something there. I just assume that this is... I don't a, know this about is, that. You know, you can I, only play in the NFL for so long. You can only play basketball for so long. You only play baseball for so long, but this is something I would think you could do. No, dude, this is crashing cars. I mean, you want to talk about concussion-like symptoms? I mean, dude, Dale Jr. was out with that. Uh, I mean, dude, this is... Throw a helmet on him. I don't know. It seems like it's working, you know? If if we're we're not worried about that for a 25-year-old, why am I worried about that for a 65-year-old? You know, I don't don't personally care. Race until they got to drag him out of there. Right. This is... uh, I thought this was interesting. In 2004, Dale Jr. earned his first Daytona 500 title exactly... Six years to the day after his father's uh, lone Daytona 500 championship. One of his career-high six titles that season. Obviously, you know, when your dad's one of, I guess, the all-time greats, it's always going to be a, uh, a tough a tough hill to climb there. But I can only imagine. His dad just looked like a man. Right. And just looked like a NASCAR driver. Like Earned that, that, looked that, like just, a man. Dude, just, 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 it was the living stereotype. Like, I don't have to raise to my be. kids. I got whiskey to drink and races to win. Like, right. that's. Right, like that's, that's Dale. That's Earnhardt to me. Like Will Ferrell's dad in a what's and whatever that exactly. movie was. Exactly, going fast. Yeah, just going, just, just, just the stereotype of what you could be. Yeah, exactly. That's the way he looked to me. That's exactly the way he looked to me. There's something going on in Florida. I don't totally understand. Okay, all right. A lot going on in Florida. We don't get Florida wildlife officials want to get rid of pythons, so okay. they're doing a they're doing this thing called python pickup, and all you got to do is anybody who captures a python in the wild can simply submit photos of the snake he or she caught, and then you enter for prizing. Each amateur snake catcher gets a python pickup t-shirt, and you're entered into a drawing for prizes that include like, snake hooks. I have no idea what that is. Uh, long hook with our long stick with a hook on the end. You can grab the snake by the head and pick it up and be able to like hold it and keep have it you off. Wrangled snakes no, or something? No, like, no. But I, I, I've I've seen it happen before. I uh, yeah, I did not know what that was. Okay, uh, you can also get a custom engraved Yeti tumbler. <laughs> Okay. Or swim trunks or Jesus. a GoPro camera. Like, why do you put swim trunks next to GoPros? Just, you could win up to a GoPro. Like, how about that's what you do? But they're all, like, here's the thing. You need no training to do this. You just take a photo, and it has to be, like, GPS coded of, like, time and date and uh-huh. all that stuff. And it has to be a Burmese python, but, like, you can win. Now, actual python guys are saying this is the dumbest thing they've ever heard of. You're, of course, going to get bit. Now, they're not poisonous, but they will bite you. And he's like, dude, amateurs should not just be running no. around trying to find snakes. He's like, also, I guess I didn't know this. I didn't know this about pythons. But apparently they're like hiding specialists. Like they just lay out in, in, like, in the cut. You can't find them. A thousand amateurs have tried this. 68 snakes have been found. He's like, so A, you're going to spend He's like, you're gonna spend most of your time walking around aimlessly. You're not going to be able to find one. And B, the thing's going to bite you. And is that really worth a t-shirt to you? Right. Even a GoPro. I mean, what is that? A couple hundred bucks? 250, I'm right. guessing. You know, I don't know, it's, but I'm it's, guessing. It's not like they're offering $10,000 for every snake skin that you bring in here. I, uh, I, I have a little fear of snakes. Okay. I have a little fear. And it, it really, it's, it's. Not really warranted. It was passed down to me. My father was deathly afraid of snakes. Like, had, like if he saw a snake on TV, would turn away. Like, hated them. 
And so there's a little bit of me that kind of picked up on that watching that his, his entire life. But like, I, yeah, I have a little fear. And they're slimy and they're weird. And I like people who I always find like the guy when I go over his house and he's got a pet snake. I'm always like, yeah, I always knew there was something about you that I was going to well, find to be a little annoying. Yeah, because there's the pet snake and then there's the sword on the wall. And like, yeah, dude, and the I dragon mean, on the back of the T-shirt. Pet, and it's not all bad. Pet snake guy is definitely is definitely uh, he's a character. <laughs> yeah. Good listener. Probably least favorite friend. Yeah, I um, I. I I, I I would I guess I mean if the, if the incentive was more I'm not like in particularly afraid of snakes but like if there's one on my property like hell yeah I'm going out there with a shovel to chop the thing's head off you know what I mean especially if this is like obviously Florida has some sort of of Burmese python issue here right. but why would you why would you just like in like just oh yeah anybody just come on in bring the snake with and like dude it's a terrible crazy idea. Terrible just idea. don't go into wildlife looking to win t-shirts that's crazy <laughs> just get them from the radio station like everybody else win yourself a thousand dollars from Rock 106.9. Do that next. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. You're five minutes away now from getting hooked up with $1,000. Your next keyword happens at 710 on Rock 106.9. With our workday double pay, we'll give you a keyword, you text in, you win money. Pretty much that simple. Fantone's double checking to make sure he has the right keyword in did place. I, did I do that? Did I get this done? Of course I did. I know. See, I'm worried about you now because you went all Hollywood uh, filming TV commercials. Yeah, you know. Can't Rolled. TMZ following me. It's no big deal. <laughs> Can't TMZ following him all around now. Yeah. A little later, 9 o'clock, we'll get another rundown of that commercial filming. For those of you that may have missed it. When's the last time you got a speeding ticket, Fantone? It's been a long time, dude. Good for a you. speeding ticket. Good for you. I'm trying, dude. I'm trying to remember the last ticket I got. I would say it's oh well. I banged mirrors with that guy uh, while this show existed, and remember, and I got oh, you yeah, know yeah, I didn't yeah. even get a ticket for that. I didn't even get a ticket. I didn't get excited for that. Man, so, he can make anything sound dirty. Yeah, oh, banging mirrors. Um, over five years minimum. I would say maybe even longer than that oh, since I've had a, since I've had any sort of a ticket. That is not the same for me. I uh, I will admit I have a little bit of a lead foot. I I drive fast. Now I've been working on it since buying my new car. Again, thank you, Wagamoto. Mm-hmm. And I've been working on uh, on that because. Uh, uh, again, you buy you know a new car and you you have to add things to your insurance and that. And I realized I'm like, oh, some of my s- some of my impatience and stuff like that is costing me more money than I should be paying. It's not worth it. You know what I mean? Like, it's oh not. my god, I got to get there three minutes earlier. <laughs> you know, it's and that's not just it. You it. don't really get anywhere that much faster. You know. And since I've been slowing down a little bit more, I'm noticing how fast other people now drive. Now, I have talked about this a couple of times. I find 55 on a freeway to be entirely too slow. I, I just, for some reason, I just don't know why that's okay. Um, I mean, obviously, I think in highly congested areas where you might have like two freeways kind of merging into one there, I understand why you need to slow things down a little bit. But yeah, dude, I can't drive 55 either. Stand <laughs> oh right there. He can't drive 55. No, I cannot. No, he can't. I can't. I just find it to be entirely too slow. Okay. But I did read this yesterday. And this shouldn't come as a huge surprise to anybody. But at CantonRep.com, they're talking about how the Canton Police Department is going to increase traffic enforcement over the next few months month really essentially all right in addition to daily enforcement through may 31st enforcement will be stepped up on may 6th now that's 
I think the yeah the same day of the McKinley High School prom. So obviously, mm-hmm. and then through the thirty first, what's what, what's that weekend or you know right Is around that, that week? Day? That's Memorial Day week and weekend okay. over there. So of course, through prom through Memorial Day, they know. All right, around proms, we know teenagers drink and drive to go to prom and stuff like that's constantly an issue. The tat or not the t- the tuxedo place always has the like the wreck car in front of it right. to remind you as you're you know you're going to get your tux. They always do that right, and we all know that Memorial. Day weekend, especially I know, like, you know, it's been my birthday weekend forever, that, you know, that's a huge party weekend. And that whole week, people kind of get, you know, a little lackadaisical and, ca- you know, and casual. So, of course, cops are going to step up enforcement through that. They would be crazy not to. I think as the weather kind of breaks, people oh, people start making... More- that- that first Friday when it's nice out, cops know you're going to be heavy on that pedal. Windows down, wind in your hair, radio turned up, they know. Oh, no. He's got the Hagar out. Yeah, and I mean... Summertime is obviously wintertime driving presents its own challenges. There's no question about it. But summertime driving, it is. It's a faster, it's a faster speed. You feel like you can do more. People are more likely to go out just because, like, hey, dude, the weather's nice, man. I don't feel like sitting inside. I got things to do. Right. And so I think you know all those things combined, obviously, uh, obviously, you're going to lead to more tickets. And you know, dude, are the police wrong to announce this? Shouldn't it just be like, yo, we're always out there, always. Looking for you, busting you. I mean, if you dissuade a few people who are who are the kind of people who read things and get a little bit more cautious, does it hurt? Probably not. I uh, I feel like I've never been much of a speeder, um, just based on like illegal things I used to do in my younger years, where it was like, dude, no, you ain't breaking no traffic laws. Like you got to be on your mind your p's and q's when you're out there, driving around with dead hookers, pounding cocaine in the back. Jeez, who's doing that? Carpool? How does that happen? From May 22nd through the 31st, apparently they're going to uh, focus on failure to use occupant restraints, meaning seatbelts there. Okay. So uh, they'll be stepping up the seatbelt ticket. They click it or ticket. Buckle up, people. What are we not yeah. buckling up for nowadays? So just so you know, these efforts, since you know it's going to cost more money to have more cops out there on the streets and doing that kind of thing, the efforts are funded by a grant from the Ohio Department of Public Safety there. So be on the lookout for that. Just don't, you know, slow it down. I'm telling you something I can't personally do. No. You do it so I don't have to. How about that? All right. Uh, we have a little bit more information on the kid in the draft who's been accused of rape while spending some time in Cleveland. We'll get you hooked up with that after we give you this $1,000 right now. Gary Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Fantone yesterday found some great video of uh, like a little recap of the Hall of Fame Village groundbreaking, and that's available for you in the Sansbury Show section of WRQK.com. It's pretty cool. Johnson Controls putting $600 million into that. little recap of that available for you online. Yeah, I mean, yesterday was obviously a significant day. and, and, and Big the, uh, for the city. The announcements Big for the county. The announcements made yesterday were awesome, and I know there's going to be a bunch of different, you know, restaurants and shops that are associated with the village. I know there's going to be a Shula's Steakhouse, so I'm pumped for that. Like, oh, that is good, right? We just get a Shula's Steakhouse yeah, in Canada that we nice. can go to. That's awesome news. Yeah, I like that. Um, and you know, all of the uh, all, like steak. all of the uh, like the dreams and like the goals people have had for the Pro Football Hall of Fame are like becoming a reality now, and within an estimated. Uh, Finish date by 2020, the summer of 2020, that would put Canton, Ohio in the perfect place for the 100th anniversary draft of the NFL. Just work out perfectly. Work out perfectly. So, fingers crossed. You know, our source is at the Hall of Fame. 
Well, we really don't have sources in the Hall of Fame, but we got one guy on the inside. According to this video I posted up, dude, things are looking good, man. Yeah, they are. Things are looking good. Check that out, WRQK.com in the Stansbury Show section. We have Ron White tickets. We'll get you hooked up with those around 8.30 this morning. He's playing Hard Rock Roxino July 28th. So we touched on this a little bit yesterday as it was like kind of breaking yesterday morning mm-hmm. that a top prospect in the NFL draft, which starts on Thursday, had been accused of uh, sexual assault while being here in Northeast Ohio and, and, you know, in the Cleveland area. And according to the story from TMZ, it was uh, Garyon Conley. I hope I'm saying his name right. Yesterday all day, it was just kind of like, who is this? Who is this? We didn't know who it was. Right. But now there's a name on it. Okay. They're saying Garyon Conley. Buckeye right there, right? Yeah. From Ohio State there. And a woman were in his hotel room on April 9th. Apparently, they had been partying out on like West 6th Street or whatever. And then they all went back to the hotel. And after going back to his room, he asks her to engage in group sex with another couple. This is all allegedly, by the way. Okay. A short time after, she then declines. Okay. But the woman then says, Conley unbuttoned her pants and then began to have sex with her. Um, the TMZ story says Conley did not stop, according to the accuser. Now, as of yesterday, they didn't name him, but the player's attorney, Kevin Spellacy, denied any wrongdoing, saying the accusation is ludicrous and uh, ridiculous. He also said that, in his opinion, the young lady is an opportunist and is actually despicable. Now, that's strong. Now, here's the thing. That is very strong language for a lawyer to use if there's any chance that his client is guilty, right? Isn't that almost, from a lawyer's standpoint, foolish? I understand defending your client and deny, strongly denying it, but we're gonna call we're gonna call her names now, unless you're absolutely sure she's out. Because let's be honest, some women do do this to athletes, all right. But I'm not going. I don't know what happened, so I'm not going to blame her just yet until we figure it out. But isn't, I mean, dude, that's a little careless to be calling her despicable until we know, right? Now, falsely accusing somebody of rape is undeniably, well, it's undeniably despicable. I mean, that's an awful, terrible, reprehensible thing to do to somebody. Have no problem co-signing that. Yeah, that's a terrible thing to do somebody, but like... Obviously, there's still facts that need to come out about this story, and like I guess when it comes to the to the concept of oh, well, this woman's just an opportunistic, you know, uh, predator. Um, it's not like this kid has any money yet. This kid hasn't played in the NFL yet. You know what I mean? Like it's not like he she's coming for his money because this kid doesn't have any money, right? Would they? Can they make judgment against future earnings? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. That's getting out of. And if somebody's guilty of rape and they get or not accused, but if they get found, you know, sentenced to rape, it's not like there's like there's not like money that's going to come down to you. Like rapists aren't paying out big sums. Like they go to jail for eight years, they get sentenced for eight years, they get out in three, and they go back to their life. The lawyer went on to say there was no sexual assault. This is Kevin Spellacy. We've cooperated fully with the police. I actually reached out to them before they even asked us, he says. Preemptive there. So, again, given his language and given their, if that's true, now I don't know that to be true, but if it is, 
given their actions and his language, it's lending itself to where they feel like this kid may be innocent. Now, of course, I think there's a little bit of um, when you go and you say, hey, let's get this cleared up before it becomes a thing. I think there's a little bit of validity of like, all right, well, if you're the one, if the person who's accused is the one who is ringing the bell of like, no, let's investigate this. I, I, I sign off on that, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, make things fact yet. No, there is also, we better get out ahead of this, and right. maybe if we do, we can we can we head can this off like. at the pass. Right. right. The woman called 911, but then refused to do an interview with police at the hospital. I'm guessing that that's more common than not. Yeah. I've just been yeah. through this. I don't feel like yeah. doing this right now. And then you take a couple of days, maybe then you change your mind. Okay? Um, I, I, I can't necessarily knock that. I think people who are quick to knock that have seen too many episodes of SVU. And you think it's as simple as, you know, what's her name walking in and being like, no, I'll be your friend, tell me, where I don't think that's reality. Detective Olivia Benson, that's her name. That's her name um, there. Uh, yeah, and my girlfriend, she works uh, very closely with a rape crisis center, and that's a huge issue is that women feel ashamed. Women don't want to talk about it. They don't want to have to deal with it and relive it again. So so that that doesn't necessarily weigh, weigh in one way or the other on the conversation yet to me. Oh, my God. I had not seen this in any other news report. And I didn't know this. But apparently this kid went to Maslin. I'm hearing that from the audience. I hope that's I right. Did, I did not know that either. I did not know that. As many, th- as many things as I read and saw about this yesterday, I never saw that. Wow. I didn't know that. Wow. Um, I, The lawyer's language is very strongly worded. For that to be, I like I said, I totally understand denying the the accusation. Even if you think the kid's guilty, you're a lawyer. It's kind of your job to, you know, to deny that. Born and raised in Maslin, Ohio. Wow, yeah. wow, did not know that. No, that kind of throws a different spin in all this for yeah, us. Yeah, it really. Yeah, of course it does. Thank you, Donnie, for tweeting that into me. I did not know that. So I, you know, apparently he was heating up on the draft boards. You know, there were some people saying he was going to move into the first round. I don't know. You know, whether or not he had first round talent or not, but you know, things, you know, jungle around with the draft guys get moved up and down. I would imagine teams are probably going to take him off their board uh, or at least, you know, not take him in the first round. I mean, a lot of people don't like the sideshow. A lot of NFL teams don't want any distraction, is the big word, the buzzword that they use with this stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it's just this weird place for a team right now because it's like, uh, you don't want to rapist on your team. You know what I'm saying? But you don't want to deny a kid his opportunity if ex- he's innocent. Exactly, exactly. So, I, I mean, obviously this is going to be a big factor. And, I mean, with the draft literally tomorrow, like, it's, oh, not, God, the end, it, right. it's not like this is going to be resolved in a legal sense by, you know, 24 hours from now. That's no, there's just, no way. That's just unrealistic. Yeah. So, like, obviously there's going to be a team, or their teams are going to have to weigh this into what they think about their draft board and what they think about this kid. Yeah, we have a little audio on how it may affect them. Let's take a listen to that. A woman has accused Ohio State cornerback Garion Conley of raping her in a Cleveland hotel April 9th. This according to a police report obtained by ESPN. Conley has not been arrested, nor have any charges been filed. Cleveland police are investigating. According to the report, Conley met the woman in a hotel elevator and invited her back to his room. She alleges the rape occurred there. Friends of Conley who were present told police nothing happened. Conley is a projected first-round pick in this week's NFL draft. And, Bill, I will turn to you first and simply ask, what happens when this type of information surfaces the week of the draft? Well, this is more than a rumor. Uh, there is some fact, finding of fact involved. Oh, and the most important did part not know of this that. is, as you assess the young man's potential 
uh, to be on your team, the question of whether or not he's free to play. That's Bill Polian, that right? Re- okay, thank you. At, at issue here. So this causes people to readjust their thinking in many ways. I talked to a couple of different teams today, and, and they were scrambling. You know, one team was grabbing a few people, and let's get together and figure out what we need to do to try to get as much information as quickly as we can and, and try to have some, as many answers as we can by the time we get to the draft. Because Conley was very likely to be a first-round pick prior to this news coming in. There is no really any character baggage or anything else that was lingering out there with him. He was considered one of the cleaner players in the draft and, and really was rising up draft boards to the point where I thought he, was, he had a chance to be a top 15 pick. Wow. Wow. Albert Breer tweeted out yesterday at a quarter to two, uh, Gary and Conley's name was filtering to teams this morning, and those teams are trying to fact find on this case quickly, meaning we like his talent, but we need to know what's going on here and, and before we make this pick. And this is big business these days. You can't do this now. And what a tough place this puts Cleveland police and really the, vic- oh, the, the victim here, where it's like now you have all this pressure of the NFL essentially coming down the weight of the NFL onto this investigation. All eyes on you right and, now. Right. And I mean, like I said, it's unrealistic to think that within 24 hours, yeah, it's not going to happen. There's going to be facts found here. Here's the thing about th- this story right here. You know what I thought about? Well, listening to that audio i have nothing to root for there's no there's no outcome to root for here because either a he did it and then like even if there's justice served some some woman got sexually assaulted which is awful right i so i can't root for that and all right let's say he didn't do it great still gonna cost him a ton of money and now there's a woman out there accusing somebody of doing something he didn't do and that outcome's not great there's there's no silver there's nothing to root for here and that's what makes the story so difficult it's going to be interesting to see how that whole thing unfolds no matter what whether he's guilty or innocent it's going to cost him millions of dollars tomorrow night he may not even go tomorrow night i i it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out more stansbury show right around the corner hang on on rock 106.9 welcome back to the stansbury show rock 106.9 Another $1,000 up for grabs, 810. You get your next keyword for Rock 1069's workday double pay. It's 1000 bucks, man. That's, I mean, dude, what? A couple of days removed from the weekend, you get 1000 bucks. Ugh. Nice. Make it rain. Making it rain, dude. I, uh, I don't know, man. You could have one hell of a summer on 1000 bucks. 1000 extra in your pocket. I buy a grill for sure. Is that what you're after? Eh, dude, I probably buy both kinds of grills too. Like number one, like Foreman? a grill, and, and number two, like my teeth grill, ah. like a wrapper from the from the early 2000s. See, see, we live different lives. Ah. <laughs> you tell me, do you know, both kinds of grill. I'm thinking Foreman and like you know, one for the outdoors. There, oh, I need one for the outdoors for sure. I'm not allowed, right? In apartments, you're not allowed to do that. I would doubt that you're allowed to at your place. That kind of sucks. It does, man. It does. I don't want to rub it in your face, but man, living in a house is awesome. It is. Yeah, I got to do it. it I, 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 here's the thing. I am ready to go. I, I love my apartment. I love where it is, but I am ready to like move into like a home and to like not... I mean, my building's very quiet. Right. I have older neighbors, and right. so like it's very quiet. I don't hear much. But there is just no matter what, if you if, if you live in like a cohabitating situation like that, you just feel other people. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. You just do. You, you always have a responsibility to those people, even if it's like, oh, I just don't want to close my door too loud because I know right. I have neighbors. I mean, it's just small. The cur- fact that I even think about it, right? Just small, like human courtesy things that you should be doing. Like, yes, of course, you live in an apartment building, therefore you don't want to be too loud, you don't want to be too smelly, you don't want to be any of those things, dude. Man, in the house, I just get to do whatever the hell I want to do, dude. No rules in that bitch. 
I would like to point out to the audience that while living alone in my own home, I would like to not be too smelly anyway. Well, smelly is, was the was the was the was the. Uh, I know what you meant, okay, damn it! Right, I know right, what you meant. Right. I feel like everybody knows what you all meant. Right. I wasn't talking about your showering, buddy. You, you, you smell great. <laughs> I showered this morning before the program. Yeah, yeah. Woke up a little early. Yes. Breathe in, Stansberry. Smelling sexy. Breathe me in, damn it! What are we doing right now? Imagine if radio had smell. You could smell me right now. That would that would probably make the show less popular. I would imagine. So Fantone, if you guys don't know, has worked in like a thousand restaurants. Yeah, if not more. And one of the more depressing things he always talks about is how like like the idea of like uh, you know clean food it's over. Now you can go to a restaurant a hundred times and get clean food, mm-hmm. but if you eat out enough, you've eaten something you wish you had not. Yes, it's inevitable, and there's just so many different layers to it. Whether it's food that's gone bad, like the restaurant just wasn't keeping up on it, you've eaten something like that. Whether that's an employee who didn't wash their hands after the bathroom, you've eaten something like that. Whether it's an employee who hates their life, hates their job, hates their boss, and just decided to take it out to you by spitting in your food. Oh, yeah, that's happened to you before. And I'm not saying I'm not saying any one place in particular is any more likely than another, but like it's it, it's a randomizer. It, it is, and it's 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 all walks of restaurant too. Like I have worked at crappy fast food places, and I have worked at five and star cloth, fine dining. You know, and and across the board, man, there's bad food out there, and you're eating it. It's it's inevitable. And I always think about it because I always get so hungry during the program. Like right now, I'm starving right now. I know everybody's shocked that the oh, fat guys are starving. News. But seriously, I'm like, like starving right now, so I'm always thinking about food. All right. And you're right. You can't get clean food anywhere. And one of the last places you can get it, from what I understand, are high schools. And a high school student went viral the other day because he had posts about what he found in his meal. He snapped the photo and apparently put it on his Snapchat stories. All right. And words spread throughout the school, and now all of a sudden it's gone viral, and here we are talking about it on the program. And apparently he got the popcorn chicken bowl, all right. which honestly, I got to tell you, it would be on the list of things I might want. Yeah, like dude. If I was walking through a line, I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. I just, like popcorn chicken. Just a bowl full of popcorn chicken? You bet your ass, dude. I love it. Yeah, Especially if it's like one of those KFC things where you get a little mashed potatoes, cheese, a little gravy there. Right. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Right. I love that kind of sure. stuff. All right, but apparently he was biting into it, and it yeah the popcorn chicken bowl. All right, so he did did it. Had some mashed potatoes mixed with corn, topped with a popcorn chicken and gravy. There he is. High school's mm. ripping off the KFC. I was going to say the colonel ain't going to be happy about that one, dude. <laughs> he is not going to be happy. Speaking of which, did you see what they did with the colonel? No, what's going on with him, oh, buddy? You know how they have like everybody like di- different people are rotating the colonel. Yeah, you see who the new one is? No. Oh. Stansbury Man Crush Rob Lowe. Oh! New Colonel. The new Colonel. <laughs> yeah, dude, for those of you that don't know, I got a little Man Crush on Rob Lowe. I don't want to get off onto a Rob Lowe tangent here, but dude, is Rob, I Lowe, do. is Rob Lowe having tough times right now because he's doing commercials for KFC, apparently, and last night I saw him doing a commercial for Skechers. Like, <laughs> Skechers? Like, that's not even like one of the like the upper end things. That's Skechers, dude. 
That's fair. Okay, fair. <laughs> for for like what should be an A lister. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe you know what maybe what it is is just like he's getting older and going. You know what? I got to cash in. I got to make sure I I make sure I always have money. He's not getting any less handsome. I don't know if why he would think that that money's drying you're, up. Dude, you're damn right. Rob Lowe does not ever get less handsome. Rob Lowe's always handsome. He's just just continually expanding in the handsome department. I should probably just stop talking just about the gayest Rob Lowe. show of all time, dude. Why don't you guys just make out? I, I would like to point out that. While talking about Rob Lowe, both my hands are above the counter. You know what I mean? This isn't like a rub through the fabric while I talk about Rob Lowe thing. But no, this kid found, so he, he was in lunch, and he got like this popcorn chicken bowl, right? Like a total ripoff of what KFC does. He gets it from school, and he bites into it, and he found like what looks to be like a maggot, or they're calling it an earworm, in his food. It's disgusting. Yes. Yes, of course. Don't just say yes. Like, well, yeah, what do you want? Well, dude, I mean, when it, when it comes down to it, if you don't think that your food is going to have, like, naturally occurring things, and listen, a maggot, of course, is disgusting, but, like, dude. That's yeah, not the worst thing you can eat. I mean, honestly, like, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like when it comes to your peanut butter. There's X amount of rat hair allowed to be in, in your peanut butter because when you have that much food, of course, pests are going to be an issue. Like, of course, that's going to be a thing. And I'm not saying it would be any less gross when, it, when you bite into it. I'm just saying, like, of course, there's going to be things like that when it comes to food. I mean, what are you, you going to be surprised when your potato's dirty? Like, oh, my God, I can't believe that this or dirt in this. Or people who are like, oh, my God, you know, in this, in this produce, I can't believe that there was an insect in this in this produce and it's like yeah like, didn't that girl find a spider in her salad right. mix the other day and i mean like well you didn't think that was a possibility see that's a part of a part of the problem that we have as consumers is that we just blindly trust anything that comes across our plate that it's like oh it's going 100 perfect 100% it's sealed clean, it's gotta be safe 100% safe everything's gonna be fine well this i mean this obviously isn't sealed dude you need to like look at your food as you're eating it i know it's easy to just oh, 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 and, and just chow it down but dude i don't take a look take a look before you bite maybe you know, my brother growing up, like, all right, sometimes at night, I would eat in front of the TV and I'd have the light off. Okay. My brother would be like, how can you eat and not be able to see everything perfectly like that? He's like, aren't you worried something's like, like when you set the, it down on the table that something walked across it? And like, I was like, I don't, first of all, nothing stays on the plate long enough for, I mean, if it, unless it was in there when it got put on the plate, it's not reaching the plate. I'm, I'm, I'm clearing plates pretty fast. You know what I mean? These kids feel like they know it wasn't the lunch ladies doing it on purpose. And I, we would hope not. No. He said, they're all really nice says to be honest the lunch ladies are very nice i know uh, one of them and they and they don't do that kind of stuff student who found the corn earworm in his lunch asked not to be identified there now i would imagine yeah this can't be yeah I, well i guess it well it could be i i'm hoping that they wouldn't just intentionally mess with this food uh, speaking of which dude is your mom ever done with this she's a lunch lady um yes my mom is a lunch lady and i'm glad that this guy did not uh did not put lunch ladies on blast because i would have had to have come to him about that <laughs> um but I, I i has she ever dealt with this i don't know but if you're opening a can of corn i guess you can't necessarily be shocked that there's a corn earworm in there and that's exactly what this thing was and when you deal with massive amounts of corn, I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm sure at like the corn production plant, like the Del Monte corn production plant, yeah, they probably have to be on the on the lookout for this. And I would assume that you know when you're dealing with you know 10 billion ears of corn running them through the processor, you can't check every little thing as it comes, dude. Look at what's ha- look at what's on your fork. Look at what's in your sandwich. Like don't don't just shove it in your mouth expecting it to be safe. 
I don't like the new system. <laughs> I would like to. I have my hand raised. I would like to. We didn't. Let's get a group vote going. I like a separate system. I like not looking, eyes closed, just tasting. That's the system I like. We're going to get you hooked up with $1,000 with Rock 1069's Workday Double Pay. That happens next. It's not. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online, WRQK.com. In the Sandsbury Show section, check out a little recap of the groundbreaking of uh, Hall of Fame Village taking place yesterday. Big for the area, big for the city. Yeah, dude, no doubt about it. Um, yesterday, my girlfriend brought up the point, and I agree with her 100%. Uh, people that complain about, oh, there's going to be so much traffic at the Hall of Fame Village, shut the F up. Shut up right now. Quit what's, complaining. What's? Yeah, I, I, I look, here's the thing. I, I, I can't. Yes, there will be that. Yeah. There will be that. Yeah. But that means there's people here spending yeah. money. Yeah, that's a great thing, dude. That's a fantastic thing. Yeah, ah. I'm all right with that. Yeah. I, I, you will, certain downsides you have to be okay with. Yeah. There's a cost of doing business in the world. Right. And, and if the cost of doing business, and let's be real, dude, it takes As 20, gas or crash, cash, nobody rides for free. It takes 20 minutes to get from one side of this town to the other. It, it takes 20 minutes, and that's when there's traffic. So if you have to sit in your car for an extra four minutes listening to the Stansberry Show so that we can have an economic backbone in our county, you know what? You're, you're going to have to deal with that. You are. Uh, people will just complain about anything. Same people screaming potholes. Why don't we fill the potholes? Because there's nobody paying any money into this county, and we need more people here. Oh, no, no, there's traffic. Ah, shut up. Get off my love. Shut up. With summer right around the corner, yeah. what comes now is taking your kids to baseball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Going to watch your kids play baseball and softball and the like and those kind of things, right? And... Part of that is like nightmare parents who are like too aggressive about their kids' sports, right? And this is getting, you know, this has always been a little bit of a problem, but it's getting worse and worse and worse as we go on, right? And so apparently out of Wisconsin now, a sign is going viral out of Glendale, Wisconsin's Little League program. And... The organization that puts the Little League together posted a reminder for fans and parents at the fields recently. And so a dad of one of the players took to Reddit and like posted the sign. And I'm all for this. The sign reads, one, these are kids. Two, this is a game. Three, this is important. Coaches are volunteers. Four, umpires are human. And five, which I think is very appropriate, your child is not being scouted by the Brewers today. Now, again, this coming out of, you know, the Milwaukee area. So, of course, Brewers, the home squad there. But that's important lessons for, I think, these people to learn. By these people, I mean you parents that think your kid's the most special or the most talented person on the face of the planet. I don't know, dude. Here we go. A couple things here. Number one, I don't understand why this sign went viral. It totally did. But it's like these things have existed before. It's not like this is the first one anybody's ever seen of this. But for some reason, yesterday on the Internet, everyone's like, oh, my God, it's so special. Look at it. 
why, dude? Those have been hanging outside of baseball fields for I would quite imagine a while. this can't be the first time, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, I can remember in my high school gymnasium, they had like a, hey, boom, 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 very comparable to this. Um, isn't this, though, isn't this kind of leaning towards, well, everyone gets to play and we're not keeping score and everyone gets a participation no, plaque? No, this is, no, 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 I don't think it's that. I think telling parents to keep their cool and not call umpires awful names and swear and do all this stuff. I mean, dude, guys have been beaten up. Umpires have been beaten up by dad. Sure, dude. Like, that's crazy. Sure, of course. But I, I just feel like this is a little bit of, if, if, if you're going to be on the side of sissification of America. No, acting appropriately isn't sissified. Like, you can root for your kid. You can say, come on, Timmy, hit the ball or whatever. But you don't have to, like, spit in an umpire's face, point fingers. Things don't have to get physical. That's just being a grown-up. I, obviously, and, and, and I, I think the sentiment of it, though, I think the the thought of it, if if you know, and I am playing devil's advocate here because I have obviously no issue with you acting like a responsible. I mean, adult. it is supposed to be fun, right? But well, but it's but more than fun. It's supposed to teach you the lessons of winners and losers, right? Isn't that the most yes. important thing? So keep score. Yes, you only give trophies to the team that that wins. Yes, but telling parents not to scream. At umpires or coaches and reminding them that these people are giving their time for essentially nothing? Not essentially. They are giving their time for nothing. I've seen this kind of up close. My brother coaches his daughter's teams. Now, I haven't seen it with the basketball, but last time I was out there, my my niece is a pretty good soccer and basketball player, right? And so he was coaching her soccer team. And like the stuff that was being screamed from lawn chairs on Saturday afternoon in front of like, and again, do you go to those soccer stadiums? Parents, you know, there's like 25 games going on all at once. And like the things that were being screamed by adults across fields at like other adults were in, in the earshot of kids. And yet you're the same people that if I said something on the radio like this, you would be demanding I be fired. Vulgarity and violence aside, I'm pushing my kid to be his best. I'm, I'm, that's how I do. That's how my dad was there, with me. There's a line. There is a thin line of like pushing your kid to be good. Teaching them the right way to play, but kids pick up things from all areas. And if you scream obscenities at umpires, they're going to think that's how they are supposed to act. You know, kids pick up things from their parents. And it's not just the things you tell them. They're watching you. They're absorbing how you act, no matter what it is, in traffic, in the store, how you treat like somebody on the phone who calls you. To remind you that you still owe them $300 for the cable bill? How you handle all that? Your kid's watching all of that and absorbing it and then going to be that person. I don't think there's anything wrong with reminding people, you know what, just don't be awful. I agree with you. I'm just saying there's people out there who are like, well, my kid won't be a pushover like you. I think there's a difference between being a pushover and being a grown-up. I, I think you can. they don't have to be the same thing. You can be. Those things can be separated. I want score. I want competition, but you don't get to spit at the ump or punch him in the face or like call him like the F word or like awful things. Because again, it is just literally, but yes, you can learn competition lessons. I'm fine with that, but you can do it without vulgarity. If I can talk about guys getting caught masturbating in Walmart parking lots and I don't have to get that graphic, you can watch a Little League game or a T-ball game without screaming the F word at another adult. I would like to think you could anyway.
I know I would be able to. And I'm a terrible person. It's Rock 1069's Workday Double Pay. It's $1,000 up for grabs every hour. Your next chance is happening right now. This Rock Station, Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show, Rock 1069. Still to come at 9 o'clock, we'll recap Fantone filming a TV commercial for the Roholt Vision Center. If you missed that earlier this morning, we'll break that down again for you at 9 o'clock. Pretty interesting. Also in the 9 o'clock hour, some things that the Browns may be thinking about doing tomorrow in the draft. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about it. At this point, though, I just feel like there's got to be so many smoke screens going. You just don't know what's real and what's not. And fingers crossed that the Browns just make the smart move. Yeah, I hope so. I, I, I really do. But, I hope so. I, I mean, imagine how good it would be if good football returned to Northeast Ohio on the professional level. Imagine how good that would be for everybody. Man, I mean, just decent football. Maybe even competitive Competitive. Football. You know what? Stable. <laughs> I would take stabilizing the franchise. If you could just stabilize the franchise, I'd be all right with it. We went from good to stable really quick there. <laughs> really quick. I did. <laughs> They're so bad, dude. They're pretty bad. They're so bad. We'll get into that a little later. You know, back in the day, it seemed like there were people you could look at and be like, yeah, that guy might be smart, but he could never be president. Yeah. And that's, you know, changing more and more. Yeah. And there's a guy that I feel like eventually is going to throw his hat in the ring to be president. And I feel like he might have a real good shot at landing the gig. All right. I had no aspirations higher than city council, but thank you very much. No, if you think I could no, be president, you no, know, I think I'll take that. I'll take it, that as a compliment. It is very... not you. Oh. It is not you. <laughs> okay. But I believe there's a celebrity out there who is intelligent, um, engaged, and he has that thing that America likes voting for, which is he's simple. Talks like me, man. Thinks like me, man. We do. We like that. One of the things about George Bush is people wanted to have a beer with him. And that was one of the reasons why he got voted, why, why people liked him, is because they felt like they could t- talk to him, they could hang out with him, and he was like one of them. And still to this day, vets will tell you one of their favorite presidents ever, George W. Bush. They love that guy, right? And I think there's another guy coming down the pike that's a lot like this. And I think he is setting himself up to make a run, and he's starting. And the reason why he complains about the things he's complaining about is to, like, whip his, like, what would be his fan base into a fever and to keep his name going to eventually where he can be doing this. And I've said this before. I think Mike Rowe is out to be president of the United States, and I could see America voting Mike Rowe into presidency. I could see it. I said the exact same thing when everyone was talking about Oprah being president, but God damn it, America, if this is really what we're going to do, if this is really what we're going to do, good, we deserve it. You know what? If that's what we're going to do is vote for celebrities to be our president, whatever happens, we deserve. We do. And that's both sides. Like I said, I said when Oprah was, oh, Oprah's going to be president. If that's if that's the level we're on right now, it's a sad place this country's in. Uh, all right, I wasn't meaning to do this, but I'll ask now the question: You don't think Oprah could run the country? No, dude, I don't think Oprah has. The, I don't think Oprah has the 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 experience, the education, the knowledge to do that. No, I don't. 
Okay, I would agree. We agree. Then. I don't. I think it's one of those things where she would be great at a quarter of the job, but the other pieces, not so much. Yeah, I think we've seen recently that being president's a goddamn hard job. It really is. Yeah. And to think that you're just going to go from zero experience into the highest office of the land and you're not going to have any hiccups, dude, that's 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 ridiculous. Welcome to hiccups. That's that's, that's ridiculous. But Mike Rowe, I think, is eventually going to run, and I think he's got a great shot to win. Okay, I think America would fall in love with him on the campaign trail. And he's now out complaining about something else now. And his whole thing, Mike Rowe, is if you don't know, he had a show on, I think it was it the Discovery or one of those yeah. channels called Dirty Jobs, which yeah. is all about like these, you know, real jobs in America. And dude, everyone watched that show at one point or another. Mike Rowe show. was doing the, I mean, you wrote yeah. in, people wrote in and said, I've got the dirtiest job. I clean up chicken crap. You know right. what I mean? Or I've got the dirtiest job. I go, you know, deep into sewers or something like that. And those live vicariously through television shows not yeah. have to, and not have to actually experience it for yourself but you still get the knowledge of it. Those yeah. are popular television yeah. shows, right? So now he's back to complaining about like the lack of work and the lack of blue-collar work happening in America. We recently talked about Mike Rowe and his complaints about it when they moved the, or they changed the Monopoly pieces. Yeah, and he got all right. pissed that's off right. because they got rid of the wheelbarrow, and he's like, the working man's not represented anymore. Yeah, he did. He, did. he, he was pissed. He got all hernard about it, yeah, he and he got pissed. up on his hill about it. So he wrote now something else about a pair of jeans that are being sold at Nordstrom's, I believe. All right. Okay? All right. And he's now mad at a pair of jeans and a style of jeans that are hitting Nordstrom's. <laughs> I mean, can we, just, but can we just, just talk about you're mad about a pair of jeans? You okay. kids and your bell bottoms. Okay. Like, he's like, he's mad about jeans. He is mad about jeans. Here we go. So, so he has, you know, and Mike's very long form, right? And he writes like these big op-ed pieces that he puts out on his social networking. And it says, this morning, for your consideration... I offer further proof that our country's war on work continues to rage in all corners of polite society. Behold the latest assault from Nordstrom's, the Barracuda straight leg jeans. He offers you a link to where you get like the actual description. The description from the website is these heavily distressed medium blue denim jeans embody rugged American workwear that's seen some hardworking actions with a crackled, caked on, muddy coating that shows you you're not afraid to get down and dirty. So he's taking issue with the fact that we're now going to sell jeans and distressed jeans have been part of like jeans forever, right? And rips and holes and distressed or whatever. This is something else, though. I don't know if you've seen these photos, but it looks like somebody rolled around the floor of a lube stop. Like, it's like long stretches of, like, grease and, like, mud stains on them. They don't look like standard, like, distressed or stonewashed jeans. So he's now furious about this. And I don't know if it's, they don't, what, did you not earn this? And, like, you feel like you have to earn this? He says, a pair of jeans that look like they have been worn with somebody with a dirty job made for people who don't. And you can have your own pair. Now, this is crazy, but the prices of jeans have always been kind of crazy. But $425 does seem like a lot. Even for, like, the best pair of jeans in the world, 425 seems, like, very expensive for jeans. You pay $150 for a pair of nice jeans, I get it. 425 is a little crazy. Dude, I, I was outraged when I had to spend $60 on a pair of jeans. Outraged. I was furious about it. Like, my girlfriend's like, no, they look good on you. These are the ones we're getting. And I'm like, God damn it, $60 for a pair of jeans? I was outraged really? by that. Yeah. See, I'll go to $150. But, 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 but whatever. It's not my money. 
I'm outraged over 60, but if you want to spend 425, if you want to spend 4,000, if you want to spend $4 million worth of your money on jeans, I don't give an F. So Mike goes on, Mike Rowe does, about these distressed jeans. On the positive side, Nordstrom's isn't purging their shelves of work-related imagery like the owners of Monopoly did when they replaced the wheelbarrow with a rubber ducky. They seem to value (laughs) Icon's work. What they don't value, obviously, is authenticity. I understand the appeal of buying broken-in jeans. Who has the time these days to wait for jeans to naturally fade? I also understand the different cuts. Might as well get something that fits and feels comfortable. But they lost me years ago with their various stages of distress. The stone wash and the acid wash, the rinsed wash, and the bleached wash. And they really lost me when they started tearing holes in them on purpose. He says, I saw a pair of jeans at Macy's the other day that looked like they'd been bathed in boric acid and hung up and shot multiple times with a 12-gauge and then pounded on a rock down by the river. They were on sale for a measly 250 Now, he's getting a little old here. Because, again, like that just sounds like, you kids in your bell-bottoms. But I'm telling you, man, this guy, he finds these things that you and I both know are silly, but will garner the attention of the American public. He'll get them all talking about how he's right, man. In our day, we, 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 you, mowed, you mowed your own grass. You, that wheelbarrow. And he'll get them all fevered up, dude. And they'll get that Make America Great machine going. And he's going to win, dude. Micro, the ultimate snowflake. The ultimate. Yeah. Uh, how, how is this not? Explain me that. How is this not? Dude, it's not. You're not buying those jeans. It has nothing to do with you. What, what are you? What are you so offended about? What are you so hurt by? Don't buy Nordstrom jeans. Then move on with your life. Don't buy Monopoly. Then move on with your life. Dude, what a crybaby. Like, what are you whining about? You. This has absolutely nothing to do with you. Nordstrom's is 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 a business that has the right to sell whatever the hell it wants to, whatever it wants to. Free market. Do whatever you want. Sell jeans that are stressed. Dude, there. I sent you an article this morning about a pair of clear jeans jeans made out of plastic and it's like really? dude, what, what are you what are you people what i are hadn't you, read that yet. what are you whining about dude what a crybaby what a snowflake do you need a safe space from nordstrom's do you need a safe space from monopoly it's the monopoly pieces i'm mad about monopoly pieces he says forget the jeans themselves for a moment and their price and look again at the actual description Rugged Americana is now synonymous with a caked-on muddy coating, not real mud. Fake mud. Something to foster the illusion of work, the illusion of effort, or perhaps those who actually buy them the illusion of sanity. The Barracuda straight-leg jeans aren't pants. They're not even fashion. They're a costume for wealthy people who see work as ironic, not iconic. To them, might I suggest the revolutionary new borax wash, which I discovered some years ago while rescuing birds who had the misfortune of falling into uh, a Searles Lake in the lovely, picturesque town of Trona. I don't know where he's going there. Right. Boy, you're such a great person, Mike Rowe. We should listen to your genes theory then. Sure. <laughs> so you save some birds, therefore everything you say is right. <laughs> What are you talking about? I do, look, here's the thing. I don't God necessarily damn, do, dude. I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying, but you have to understand what I'm saying is true. That in the middle of the country, that people are going to do, they would wrap their arms around 
like the country music star like the mentality Mike Rowe uh, candidate. I could totally see this. The, I'm offended and I'm a victim of, of this candidate. That's okay. <laughs> All right. So yep, that's that's what we're going with. Then. You know, but dude, you know hypocrisy like lives in people. Snow you know that flakes right there. <laughs> but Snowflakes. You, you know that, and I'm telling you, I've been on this Mike Rowe running for president for two years. I'm telling you, I was the first guy out there saying it, and I'm 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 telling you, eventually you will see this guy run. It, this is going to be like I told you, America. I'm sick of monopoly. I'm sick of the genes, and I'm the guy that's going to fix it. I, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be the guy. I should be president because I'm going to fix monopoly and genes. I dude, you, God damn it. You overestimate sometimes Fantone things people care about. Like versus what they do care about, which is the little distraction type things in life. That's what holds our attention. Are the distractions, not the problems. We like the distractions. And Mike Rowe's gonna get people focusing on that and he's gonna build his fan base. He's gonna run and it's gonna be Mike Rowe for president. And I'm not only gonna go so far as say he's gonna run, which I already have, he's gonna win. Mike Rowe will be president of these United States of America. That will happen. Stansbury said it, and therefore it's true. We'll be right back with more Stansbury Show. You hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. We'll get you hooked up with $1,000 with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. It's right around the corner. Yeah, man. Today's kind of flying by. Another moving, one. Moving quick through it. Another one. You know, there's a story circulating out there in the world that I don't buy. Okay. I don't buy it. I think, what are we, about a week removed from when the uh, that doctor flying on, what was it, United? Yeah. Got, like, yanked off that plane? A week or two. About a week or so or whatever it is. I can't remember exactly when that happened. But now, like, like I don't know what they're called, but, like, the, the cops that were on the plane are now accusing him of, like, flailing his arms around and, like, being, like, violent with them as they were asking him to leave. And I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. I think this is people looking to protect themselves and their jobs. And I I believe the airline said, look, we're not firing anybody over this, which I found to be a little crazy. I think, you know, uh, and I've been a little critical of companies at times who have been quick to fire people over stories that kind of broke via like, you know, going viral online. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes corporate America will bail on an employee too fast. And uh, I want to say that again. I think sometimes corporate America will bail on employee uh, on an employee too fast. But. I'm not sure you shouldn't have removed these guys. And here's why I don't buy their story. Because nobody likes to travel. None of us. Right? So if the passenger himself was was causing the disrupt, you know, the, the disruption and was being violent with them and was was holding people up from the plane taking off, the video would have started earlier and it would have been people complaining about the idiot on the plane who wouldn't was not acting appropriately, would not get off the plane so they could get to where they needed to go. But instead, the videos were of the of them ripping the guy out of his seat and him hitting his what face on the uh, on the seat across the aisle bloodying his face up that's what the video was the video was of the woman screaming oh my god look at what you're doing to him and if it if it, if it were him i think the tone of the video and the tone of the passengers would be completely different 
Um, okay. I just don't understand in this situation why cops aren't getting the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Like in every other situation, the story's always, you know, well, you didn't see what led up to that video getting started. That video started where it started. And these aren't like, like I said, I mean, these aren't just like United airline employees. These are air marshals. These are police. These are, these are registered like law enforcement agents of the country. I don't understand why these guys aren't getting any like, well, dude, yeah, we got to trust cops. It's awesome. You know why? why? Because we uh, we're linking them to the United Airline versus being the government agent. Being a, a, they're not employees of United, though. That's right? the way it's being perceived, though, and that's why that I think that's why they're not getting the benefit of the doubt. And here's the thing: I think yeah, I try to side with cops when I can. Right? I believe strongly in police forces. I believe we need them. I believe overall they're better than not. Okay, but I do have video of this, and it looks. Rough. And like I said, if you were if you were to take the average American and inconvenience them even a little as somebody who does not they don't know, they'd be on your ass. And I think there would be I mean, there's hundreds of people on the flight and I haven't heard. Now, maybe there are, but I have not heard any other passenger come out and say, yeah, man, that guy kind of got what was coming to him. I, and I think if, if you were holding people up from taking off and a plane being delayed, you know, Americans, are you kidding me? How dare you inconvenience me? I think they would be on the passenger, not on the cops. I, um, I, I think there was probably a moment of uh, confusion when it came in, in there and you didn't know what exactly was happening as a passenger. I'd have to but, make room for that. But when you saw somebody getting dragged, that felt violent to you. That felt like, oh my gosh, he's being wronged right now. He's the victim of something. I just think flailing your <laughs> arms around if they're asking you to move and like swinging at them somebody would have died somebody would have that somebody would be talking about whether or not they filmed it or not somebody would be talking about it and none of the passengers are saying it i'm all about you know making sure law enforcement is held into a higher standard and i i 100 think that that's an important part of being a cop is that you know that you can't just cross that line right but when you as an officer of the law regardless what the circumstances are regardless what the reasoning is when you as an air marshal go onto that airplane and tell somebody it is time for them to get off they have to come with you there's no other like you know you, you there's no reasoning that you have to give them there's no anything like that when you bought that ticket you were well aware of that and whether you if you weren't well aware of that it's because you didn't read the fine prints of that ticket you know whose take that is mike rose Okay, I mean, he sure. was, no, he was the same guy who said that, but uh, but there is truth in that. I, I'm not going to disagree with somebody just because they're on the other side of politics with me. When common sense is common, you know, when it when it comes to that, I'll make room for that, and that's totally accurate. But my thing is, is like, and I still maintain, it was up to the airline to find a peaceful resolution to this without it having to get violent. Is it? Uh, I, I do. It's I believe up to the that criminal to find a peaceful resolution. To I, it. I believe somebody saying, you know what, I I'm just no, I have to be somewhere. Can we choose somebody else? Is totally in bounds when they're randomly picking people to throw off a flight over something that was their mistake. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree it was United's mistake. I agree that that should have been handled peacefully, but as soon as if I was in McDonald's and McDonald's told me, yo, dude, you have to leave, and a cop comes in there and I start flailing my arms around, it's not McDonald's fault. It's not, dude, no, that cop drags me out of there, and that's not McDonald's fault. Okay, again, we don't know he was flailing his arms around. We're hearing that from the guy who's trying to protect his ass, and so like, he's got all the, now I don't know that he's lying, but he has all the motive in the world to lie, and again, there were a couple of hundred witnesses on a plane, I would imagine, and nobody's corroborating his story. And that seems strange to me. 
And I, I know the human being will go into defense mode when, when their job's up in the air or their reputation for their job's up in the air. Of course, somebody's going to defend themselves. But to me, I just I maintain that if you get a, a plane full of strangers, nobody knows one another. And somebody's going, somebody's doing something that's going to stop the plane from taking off. It, it would be all people versus that guy at that point. And that doesn't seem to be the sentiment from the people who were on the plane. And that to me lends itself to they're lying about how he acted. Now, does, should he just get up as soon as they say get up? Yes. So I won't dispute that. But given what I'm hearing now that he got violent with them first, I'm telling, I just think that if that were the case, the passengers on the plane and the video itself would lend itself to that. And it's not currently. And I think this is somebody looking to protect their position. And I totally get it. I, I would want to protect my position as well. I just think that's what's happening here. What's happening next is you get $1,000 on Rock 106.9. Very show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. You can check out a little video about the groundbreaking of the Hall of Fame Village yesterday. Johnson Controls putting $600 million into the region. Videos online in the Sandsbury Show section of WRQK.com. Now that the weather's kind of broke, let's go over there. Let's go check things out. Let's make that happen Yeah, soon. that's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. Coming up here shortly, I'm going to uh, be telling you about how you can get yourself what I would imagine is one of the better jobs that might be up for grabs right now. Okay. In a little while, I'm gonna, uh, I'll be getting into that. But before we do, Matthew Fantotas done this program in shades all day. Lead back in his chair, Mr. Cool. He's gone Hollywood on us, he has. If you don't know, Fantone filmed a t- uh, television commercial for one of the clients of the radio station yesterday. Yeah, thanks again to the Royal Holt Vision Institute. Um, they uh, they are they're in the Fantone business, it seems. Uh, things are going well with that relationship, and they decided uh, to put my uh, put my smiling face on the screen there uh, in endorsing their LASIK surgery. So it was it was awesome yesterday. It really was. So like, well, well walk me through it. Like, what happened? Um, well, it was a uh, it was a production company, and they were out of up closer to uh, up closer to Cleveland. I think they were from Northfield, if I if I if I, if I remember correctly there. Um, but they uh, they came down and they're like, hey, you know, we're gonna take about two and a half three hours to get this all done, and 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 you know, we want to get a couple of shots of you at the radio station, and we want to get a couple of shots of of you at the Rohold Vision Institute, which totally makes sense, you know. Um, I I felt a little bit bad because I'm like, guys. This radio studio's a little underwhelming when it comes to the visuals. Now, when it comes to the audio, through the roof, baby. The audio gets no better. Um, yeah, we, our particular uh, supervisor likes a very sanitized, yeah. non-personality yeah. Um, uh, uh, roomed. He he will come in here and it'll be like, hey, we, you know, we've got a LeBron James fathead on the wall. And he's like, it looks like a dorm room in here. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. And it's like, well, dude, it's a radio station, so it's not that far off of a dorm room. No, what do you say is that? <laughs> right, right. And I mean, that's, no, that, that? that's why I can kind of wear swish pants to work is because nobody sees it and it really doesn't matter. Um, but they came in and luckily it was one of those situations where they're like, eh, dude, it's not even going to be on the wall. Like, we're focused in on you. We're not like taking right, who a cares shot. what the room looks right, like? We ta- just want the microphone. We're, we're not taking a shot of this of this studio. Right. So makes um, sense. So we we did our thing here. Then we quickly headed over to the Rollholt Vision Institute. Everything, as far as I can tell. Now, this is my first real for for like like run into doing 
um, a real commercial. I've done videos for clients before, but it's different when somebody's got like actual crew. actual production right. value to it. Um, but it, it went as well as I thought it could have. And, How many lines did you have? Um, you got to remember, it's a 30-second spot, and I'm only in it for, I think, 15 Right, because there's got to be you know. The so voice. they did this with somebody else too, and then they're going to mix it. I uh, imagine uh, there'll be a voiceover guy, and then you know, doing like you know the Rollhold Vision Institute, call them now, and, and right. stuff like that. So my my, as far as I know, my image and my voice only make up half of the commercial, which is probably just about where it needs to be. If if if, if not, you know, I'll take the under. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Um, but it, it, as far as I could tell, everything went well, and the reason I kind of felt like that is because we got done way ahead of schedule. He even said to me, he's like, damn, dude, we're tearing through this. And I'm like, well, that must mean I'm doing all right, right? Unless they were just like, God, this guy's so bad. We're just going to wrap it up. We're just going to pretend like no. we're doing it. So, I mean, dude, you've performed before. Yeah. You've done a million spots. I mean, for in the radio. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not that. It's not that much different. The only thing that I kind of had to challenge myself with and be like, dude, you have to be conscious of this is that like in radio, your body language doesn't matter. Not at all. all. What you look like. I mean, outside of uh, when you smile, you people can hear that you're smiling when you're when you stand. People can hear that you have a little bit more to you. But like in television, you have to be like, blah, yeah. like you have to be way over the top. It's my least favorite part of doing like it. way over the top. And totally, I could see why you would be uncomfortable comfortable with that i'm a little more hammy than you are yes you know what i mean so yes. like there's kind of that a, is true there there there's... i like attention but i like it the way i want it right if, if stansbury has to jimmy kimmel it if stansbury Ugh. has to car karaoke it the minute i'm not allowed to be authentic yeah i kind of like yeah you shut uh, it, down i, I yeah i kind of lose it so uh, you know I, I i felt like it went well it seemed like it went well i don't have a start date on it a lot of people have been hitting me up like when are we gonna see it um as soon as i find out i will obviously link it at our website WRQK.com. Yeah, that'll be big. I will make a big deal about it, obviously, the first time that we see it live on television. Um, and What's cool is it's going to run on Sports Time Ohio, right? So it's going to run during like Indians and Cavs games, and you love that stuff. That's yeah, cool for you. That will be. And I yeah. mean, you, you know, if you watch Indians games, you watch Cavs games, you watch cable news, you're going to see Roholt Vision commercials anyway. So the fact that it's going to be like 1.30 in the afternoon, th- random Thursday afternoon, and then all of a sudden your boy's up on the, up on the television, it is going to be pretty sweet. All right. I had a really good joke there, but I don't want to put it next to Rollhold Vision Center. They've been very good to us. They've been very good to us, so I don't want to put negative imagery next to that. But, dude, I'm happy for you. you. I'm happy for the radio station. It is. It's actually a big thing for both brands. Step in the right direction, man. I mean, obviously, you know, I think you and I have known for a while that, like, hey, dude, we're building something good here. But once you have clients buying in and saying, like, yes, you are a product that I want to be, you know, a part of. All we ever ask is that as, you know, performers is, like, we just want ratings and and client interaction to reflect what we feel is happening on the street. And on the street, we mean by the audience, which is, you know, when we go out places, People are like, yo, man, we listen a lot. We like the show. Like People will say to me all the time, man, I listen every day. Well, maybe, you know, not every day, but I try to listen as often as I can. I'm always like, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. We understand there's a lot of competition for that. Nobody can listen every day. We don't even do it. Well, right. So, you have a life. You have to get out of your car and go into work right. and get that. I totally understand that. But yeah, that's so it, it, you're right about that. It is good to see that people are starting to recognize, oh, my God. We have a behemoth on our hands. There's a hit yeah. on our hands. Let's put them on TV. I like it. I like it as well, buddy. Good. Thank you. Good for you. you. I, uh, I I do and I do enjoy that, and I think it's good for our brand. I really like that. All right, we do have a thousand dollars up for grabs, and uh, your next opportunity is happening right now. Rock 106.9. 
Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. We have a pair of Ron White tickets. He's playing the uh, Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park, July 28th. We'll get you into that. Around 9.40 on the program. Everybody patiently awaiting the NFL draft, which starts tomorrow. And yes, the standard joke, this is the Brown Super Bowl, the draft, right? And we're all kind of waiting for the draft where they'll get it right. Where we kind of like land like all the players and like start to move in the right direction and all these things. But more likely, that's what's going to happen right there. Now, I can only judge future outcomes by past behavior. That's That's the only way I can judge you. I can only judge what you're going to do by the behavior you've shown me in the past. And so far, it hasn't been great. Now, of course, you can make the argument of, well, you can't necessarily put the sins of former, you know, past regimes onto the current, you know, coaches, onto right. the current general that manager. That would be fair. Unfair to do that. That would be unfair to do that. But the common but denominator. Ownership is the same. That's what I was going to say is, is, is we talked about J- John, or Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Haslam yeah. trying to get Johnny Manziel on the team, and that happened. So I don't think it's too far of a stretch to think that he'll be heavy handed with this next draft. They say, actually, that he may already have a deal in place with the Tennessee Titans to trade back up to get back in the first round, which, honestly, I would buy because that guy's got a little bit of a love affair with Tennessee. That I mean, that's where he made a lot of his money and all that. And, actually, it was one of the listeners of the program, Dustin, who pointed this out to me. Go into Brown Stadium. Look at that new scoreboard. What's it in the shape of? The state of Tennessee. Which I thought was really weird. I thought that was strange. Like, I would have never thought about it. But then when somebody pointed out to me, I was like, oh, my God, you're absolutely right. That is that. Is this the same Dustin that killed the bird yesterday? It is indeed. It is indeed. If you missed that story, it'll be in the podcast later. And you don't want to miss that story. It was great. My buddy killed a bird playing golf. It was great. But one of the quarterbacks in this draft, who was all the rage a month and a half ago, and now people have cooled off on him, and Fantone was pointing this out yesterday. I, we, for the life of us, can't figure this out because nobody's played football or anything. How, no. is, how are these guys, without like they're, you know, a criminal investigation or anything, how are these guys hurting themselves now? Moving up and down, and it's like, <laughs> dude, you guys haven't played football. I, I, I mean... So Mitchell Trubisky has been the name on everybody's lips, not just the Browns. It's been the name. It's been the quarterback like on everybody's lips right now. Some people are saying San Francisco taking him with the number two pick. I have heard that. I have heard that. So Deshaun Watson from Clemson was like all the rage a couple of months ago, and he sat down with Peter Schrager, and he had a very interesting answer when asked. How he feels about you know Mitch Trubisky kind of like moving past him right now in the draft talk and Deshaun Watson had an interesting answer and here it is. There's this other cat from the ACC, Mitchell Trubisky, and now you guys are kind of being held in the same conversation as someone who did it on the field, as someone who won the national title, who did it on the biggest bright lights. What's your response to people who say I like Trubisky more than Watson? Hey man, you gonna have to live with the the consequences that come with it. Love it. Uh, you know, that's how I see it. You know, I kind of I try to stay in my own lane and try not to, you know, take that path. And, you know, I respect Mitch and, and what he's done and, and all the hype he's getting. But at the same time, you know, all my, my results speaks for itself. And, um, you know, I feel like I've accomplished a lot, accomplished everything that I could. And, um, you know, it just I guess if that's who they're going to roll with, then, hey, so be it. Live with those comments. See, and now people are, like, parsing that kid's words and, like, bring in, like, 
like there's an issue with what he said, and I don't see it. Okay? And you can talk to me about humility if you want. And I'm going to paraphrase here because I don't remember exactly what was said, but Peyton Manning famously said at the end of the interviews at the comment, if you don't take me, I'm going to go to your competition and I'm going to beat your ass for 15 years. Tom Brady looked at Robert Kraft after the combine and like before the draft and said, I'm going to be the best draft pick you've ever taken. Not in this round, not in this draft, the best draft pick you've ever taken. And we love those statements because of who those quarterbacks ended up becoming. That you love it now that you go back and hear it and they, they've proved their greatness. Why would you not be okay with Deshaun Watson being confident about his ability? And, you know, obviously there's a line between confident and cocky, but, like, he was pretty humble about it. I mean, he didn't, like, trash talk Mitch Trubisky. He didn't say anything negative. I mean, all he did was say that there's going to be consequences to not drafting me? What, what did you want him to say? What did you want him to say? Like, you know what? Those teams that are thinking take about Mitch. Mitch Trubisky, you know what? Those teams are right. That's who they should take. Mitch is the best. What do you want this guy I mean, to say? At some point, we're asking these kids questions where there's only one answer. And then we get mad about the answer they give us, which seems crazy. And again, I, I don't want to go off the rails here. Go off. <laughs> but did we like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady's answer? Because we like the way they look and sound more than the way we like the way Deshaun Watson looks and sounds? Was that part of it? I hate when people bring stuff into it that's not evidently there. And then because then we just get sidetracked on those kind of conversations. So I hate to be one of those guys. But like, why did we love it when Peyton Manning did it? Why do we love it when Tom Brady does it? What is the difference? I don't know. Because here's the thing. Tom Brady didn't do anything in college to deserve to make those kind of statements. He was serviceable. He was okay. They were all right. But he was a six-round pick, for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? So why was that okay? Now, Peyton Manning, a little bit more popular in college. Skill more readily seen in college. So I understand that. But I mean, I don't understand what the issue with Deshaun Watson is here. I don't I don't get why people are upset with that statement. That's what I want out of my quarter. I want confidence. That's that whole gig is confidence. Now, I did hear this yesterday, and this has me worried about the Cleveland Browns tomorrow night. Joel Klatt, who's like the, the college guy for Fox Sports, is saying that he's hearing rumors now that what the Browns will do is they will take Garrett at one, and they'll package picks that they have late in future rounds and maybe even next year, trade them to somebody and move back up in the top 10 to take Trubisky. Which he then says leaves Deshaun Watson going to the Jets. Now, everybody kind of will say that Deshaun Watson's not like a plug-and-play starter right away. That he is a little bit of a project. But they say that the that the end result of said project, the ceiling is through the roof. Now, I, people use words like ceilings and floors and all that stuff way too much, and it starts to get a little annoying. But if it's me, okay? Now, if it's me, I've said I kind of like taking Garrett at one, and if Watson's there at 12, I want to take him. And I hate, hate the idea of Brock Osweiler being the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. But you did pick him up, and they're saying he's going to have a chance to compete for the job. So why don't you then go to Hugh Jackson and say this? Okay, we're going to put Osweiler in the lineup. We're going to draft you Watson, and you're the quarterback whisperer. 
Everybody's saying he's not a finished product and he's a project, but this is what you do. You made Andy Dalton look really good, and since you left, he hasn't been as good. He's been all right, hasn't been as good. But you're the quarterback whisperer. So we're going to take Watson for you and give you a fair shake at, at, at molding a quarterback that can be a franchise guy. But it's not going to be this year, and we're going to try to get Osweiler to, like, I don't know, ten and uh, 6 and 10, somewhere right around there. Who knows? Maybe. And we're going to give you another year where you can work with Deshaun Watson, and he's not playing. I don't care what comes out of the stands. He's not playing. Hugh, we're behind you. Here's what we're going to do. And I think that's the better way to do it. Yeah, I can um, definitely sign off on whichever quarterback they end up drafting. And I think it's almost inevitable that they, I mean, they have to, whether it's a draft or through free agency. But if they end up drafting a quarterback, I mean, I wouldn't want to put him in right away. I think that's a crazy you know, thought is that, well, you we're just going to plug him in and it's going to work because obviously it is not, dude. You're going to have you're not going to have a good time being the Cleveland Browns quarterback as a rookie. It's just not going to it's it's not going to help your career. It's going to put way too much pressure on you. And that's how it's going to end up. You being a bust is by too much expectations right out of the gate um, I, I, to get to get ahead of the Jets. And if they want to pick the quarterback that they want to pick, I hear they have a deal in ten- in place with Tennessee to move up to five. Yeah, that's what they would have to do is move to five because the Jets are at six. Right. So, I, I, I mean, you really have to be sold on this person, and whether it's Mitch Trubisky or whether it's Deshaun Watson. And I guess with that being said, if you've already got this deal to go get him at five, why don't you just take him at one? If you're so confident that he's going to be worth future draft picks, the 12th draft pick, and, and whatever else you throw in there, get him at one. If you're that sold on the guy, get him at one. If they take Mitch Trubisky at one... I mean, unless you're gonna be out, and let mm, gonna be out. And that's hyperbole to, to say I'm gonna be out. I would want to be out. I'll be outraged. I won't like the pick. But am I gonna watch opening week? Yes, of course I am. So it would be it would be hot takeville for me to be like I'm out. The hottest of the takes. I mean, dude, if Osweiler's not gonna make me out, nothing's gonna make me out. Osweiler's legitimately one of the worst quarterbacks ever. Like, I, I just I, I don't. Here, here's the thing, I. And again, I want to make it abundantly clear. I don't know Mitch Trubisky won't be a good NFL quarterback. I, of course, don't know that. But he did only start eight games, and he did play at North Carolina. And I've said it every time we've talked about it, and I'll say it one more time, that if we were talking about a point guard from North Carolina, I'm looking. But if we're talking about a quarterback, I'm not necessarily sure I'm blown away by that. Now, should be, for the fairness of the conversation, plenty of quarterbacks in the in, in pro football right now lighten up the league that played nowhere. Drew Brees went to Purdue. Roethlisberger went to what Miami yeah. of Ohio? Yeah. Like, I mean, dude, those are not these are not huge football programs. So guys can come out of anywhere, and many guys from great schools who were great in college ended up being nothing. Yeah, right? Plenty of them. So there's dude, the road can go either way there. But I, what I've said about Watson is, 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 I think, right. When the lights get big, the bigger the game, the bigger he plays, and that to me is indicative of. Winner. That's that Brady thing. That's that. That's that Peyton Manny, Brett Favre thing. Lights on. Game's got to be won. Time to come down. I got to make the play. I'm the guy. And if you look at the national championship when he did beat Nick Saban, it came down to a tight window throw, and he made it. And won a national championship. Beat Urban Meyer. So I, I just 
I don't know how it's not him. I don't. How is it, how is Trubisky marching up boards? I don't get it. I don't know either. Um, another dude who performed very, very, very well on the bright light stage of the national championship game was your boy Tim Tebow. So it's in that weird place, dude, where it's like I just don't know if that's enough. I'd have to see the numbers from that game, but yes, he did play well. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it, it, it's a weird place. Um, you've got a a hell of a predicament if you're the Cleveland Browns right now. You obviously as Hugh Jackson want to keep your job, but we're either talking about what Stansbury just referred to as one of the worst quarterbacks ever in Brock Osweiler or a rookie. And I don't know, dude. I don't know. If To me right now, if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I am desperately, desperately trying to get a hold of Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what I'm desperately trying to do. I if don't I hate that idea job, either. If I want to keep my job. Don't hate that idea either. And I, I will tell you this. If the Browns don't take a quarterback at all in this draft, I'm all right with it too. Because I'm not sold on any one of these guys. And here's another variable. If we can get Patrick Mahomes in second or third round, that's a bargain and take it. The kid can throw 75 yards from his knees. He's got a cannon. So, and and again, I, they say he needs work. And Hugh could, I think, could work with... I think Hugh can make a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson better than they would be. If the Browns do not draft a quarterback and the Browns do not acquire a free, uh, a free agent or a trade of some sort... I mean, essentially, that's them saying it's Osweiler. We give up on this season, right? By going with Brock Osweiler or Cody Kessler or any of the other jabronis that are out there uh, under the Browns' quarterback position, they're essentially saying we give up on this season, right? So two give up seasons just on one coach's record. You and I, I think, are going to have a different definition of give up on the season. I, I think stabilizing isn't giving up. Stabilizing is setting up the table for the next year. If you don't think going into this Brown season it's a set the table for next year's system, you, then your expectations are unrealistic. You as the fan, I think. I think you got to know what they're trying to do. You got to stabilize before you get great. So I, I mean, we're a mess. Expectations that they're going to tr- do their best to, to win get six games, to win every game they possibly can. That's my expectations of my team. I, dude, and now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kick that one whole season. Ah, we're setting the table for next year, and we want to cramp on LeBron for taking a break, dude. Good lord! How did I know it was gonna come back to LBJ? I mean, I mean, How did dude, I know? We're gonna take a whole season off as a team. It's not that you're taking the season off; it's that you're understanding where you are. It's it's self awareness. It's knowing who, who you are in your division. But here's why we got to get this right and get it right fast. I've talked about this a couple of times. Big Ben's not getting younger. Andy Dalton is just Andy Dalton. Joe Flacco, Neary, I mean, how much? How many more years is that guy going to play? And is he as good as everybody thought he was to begin with? This division, over the next five-year span, will start to be more up for grabs than it is ever. What's, what are the Steelers going to do when Big Ben retires? They have no plan at quarterback. I mean, they have a plan for this year at quarterback. So I'd take that spot if I could get it. You know what? <laughs> Jimmy Haslam, I know you're a daily listener. Will you do the right thing here so Fantone can <laughs> shut his goddamn mouth? I'm sick of hearing it run. Ron White tickets up for grabs next on the Sansbury Show. Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have a, uh, well, a pair of tickets to check out Ron White. At the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park, July the 28th. We'll get you into that here shortly. Do want to tell you this, uh, get you updated on this story out of Sioux Falls. Police say a 56-year-old man, Fantone, ran back into an apartment building that was on fire, not once but twice. Brave guy. Police and firefighters arrived in an apartment building just around 1 p.m. on Sunday. Two people were treated uh, for smoke problems there. A third was taken to a local hospital. With crews at the scene, 
They said that Michael Castile ignored a police officer when he ran back into the building. According to police, he came back out and went back in again. Jeez, dude. While inside the burning apartment building, firefighters repeatedly told Castile to leave. When he came back out, cops claim he was carrying two cans of Bud Ice beer. Jeez. Castile's blood alcohol content was 0.082 and was arrested for obstructing firefighters and violating the 24-7 sobriety program he was in. Okay. Well, that sucks for him. Um, but dude, of course, when you know you've got first responders out there and they're telling you not to go back into that building, uh, of course there's going to be some sort of consequence. Now this is this that. guy's fault, not the fault of the fire department, right? I want to make that abundantly clear. But I will ask this question: that once a guy runs into the building once and comes back out, why is he not being detained by some like, hey, we need to make sure you're okay? Here's a blanket, like sit down. <laughs> or and then how does he get back in again? Why is there not like somebody like standing at the front, like not making sure nobody tries to run back in? Because those people that are on the scene are probably like desperately and frantically trying to get like the water hoses hooked up and trying to make sure that that fire doesn't like, tr- right, you know, they right, get, make right. it to the neighbor's house and stuff I like that. I thought maybe there'd be like, you know, I don't know, the proby or whatever that you leave up on the porch so nobody runs in. At first, I was like, well, you know, this is a commendable thing because I thought this guy was going to be like uh, Johnny from the Outsiders running into the burning church and saving that little kid. And nope. I was like, dude, this is going to be amazing. Not even close. No. And then I was like, well, you know, maybe if this was drugs in there because you can't necessarily go get more drugs. You know what I'm saying? If you've got... If you've Not got, as easily as you can go to right, the liquor store. Right. I mean, if you've got a significant amount of heroin in there and you're like, dude, I got to go in there and get that heroin. I Not to say I approve of it, but I understand it. But dude, we're talking about two Bud Ices here. Grand grand total value of like $1.98. I was unaware they still made Bud Ice. <laughs> like, why, why would I didn't you, know that. Just go to the gas station, Remember dude. when Ice Beer was all the rage? The oh, rage, Oh my God, dude. Ice. Yeah, oh my God, it's Ice Beer. Daddy Ice, Bud Ice, so good. I, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't even remember why that was a thing or like what made it more popular. or uh, Higher alcohol content back ah, then. Ah, is that what it was? It was part of it. And I know it's part of like the process and how they brew it and the crystallization of the of the alcohol and whatever. Um, but it was... Dude, t- just put it in the goddamn mug and hand it to me. Back when there weren't IPAs and there weren't other kinds of like, you know, beers so much, you yeah. know, ice was like a big thing. It was like, oh, dude, drinking ice beer. So You're right. right. It was a very different... It, it, yeah. it was like the first like, uh, you know, uh, move into different styles of beer. That's, you know, people will always, dude, oh, Fantone, you're drinking Miller Lite. Well, you know, what's wrong with you over there? I'm like, what did you drink in 1998? Like, this was the only option. Like, were you not getting drunk in 98 or what? Yeah, that's a fair point. Right? That's <laughs> who, a fair who, point. What were you doing 20 years ago? Yeah, that's totally fair. You know who loves to drink is Ron White. Yeah, he does. Ron White loves the booze. And he's coming to the North, uh, he's coming to the Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park, July 28th. He'll be there. We have tickets. Let's take caller 15 right now at 1 800 243 7625 on those. Fishhead gets you hooked up with $1,000 at 1010 on Rock 1069. And aside from that, we're done for the day. We'll be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 1069. You guys have a great day. See you.